bit of a cliche term, but the solutions consultant is brought in or the sales engineer is brought in as a trusted advisor, right? So you're, you're still consulting, you're trying to do uh, solution sales. So I think by saying, hey, maybe we should loop back in a quarter or two quarters when you get this in order, I think that builds trust and speaks really well of, of your solution as well. So I firmly believe that they'll come back around when the time is ready. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Demo Diaries. Today, I'm joined by my pal, Tom Razdeba, who is a solutions consultant at Vidyard. And Tom has actually been with Vidyard for uh, quite a long time now. And it's, uh, it's been incredible to see what you have been able to build with this organization. And, uh, you know, video is really now like more exciting and more needed. It's like a need now, right? Uh, than ever. Tom, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, why don't you take a quick second to like introduce yourself and tell folks a little bit about your career background and how'd you get to Vidyard and, and now in solutions engineering? For sure. Yeah, I think I, I took a kind of unconventional path to, to get here. I started out in operations management and project management out of all things. And quite frankly, got a little bit bored uh, doing that. So I decided to make a change, jumped into some startups, did a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales, ended up in a field sales role. And uh, that, that can be a grind. So looked for my next challenge, got connected to a friend of a friend and landed at Vidyard. So that's where actually we met the, the first time through the partner program. So had the pleasure of working with, with partners around video creation, um, video hosting, and then an opportunity presented itself to join this team. So parted ways with prospecting, the, the partnership building, and ended up in solutions consulting or sales engineering. So yeah, time flies, uh, going on over five years with, with Big Yard now. So uh, I, think, I think it's a good time right now to, to be in the space. Yeah, well, it was awesome to meet you. And yeah, I wish we would have been a, a better partner uh, now that I'm uh, sort of <laughs> thinking back. But, you know, startups are startups. And, you know, we were able to do a lot of really interesting things. I think we were working with like 90 plus SaaS companies, a lot of uh, sure. the logos that we uh, we all look uh, look for. But, you know, startups are tough and, you know, c'est la vie. So, but thank you for, for giving us the opportunity for sure. Of course. Well, let's talk a little bit about, of course, ding, ding, the, the demo here. You know, you, uh, you, you, know, you have a, a, quite a bit of experience in the product on, on the partnership side, and you also have a certification for, around like demo to win. You know, mm -hmm. what is the framework that you sort of, uh, you know, picked up there and how do you start to apply it? Any sort of uh, things that you still use? Yeah, I, I think Demo to Win was a, was a great training. We worked with Ron and it was really good to, to not only go through their structure, which high level, what stood out to me was a memorable opening, a memorable closing, and then segmenting or chaptering your demo. Because it's so easy, especially if the audience isn't leaning in to just talk and dump features. Whereas this teaches you to take a pause, take a breath, it's easier on you and open it up to get some validation on you know, our are, are the things that you're saying resonating? And I think those are the biggest things I took away from the training uh, with Ron and Demo to Win is just really 
focusing on what they've given us. So outlining that in the opening, tying that to a creative customer story or some sort of visual or something that will stick with them. When they leave the demo, it's, oh, Tom made this comparison that's sticking with me. So using something creative where possible and then just really chaptering my demo and I don't need to show everything in the platform. I just need to show what's relevant. Mm. And when you talk about like chaptering the demo, what does that mean specifically? Maybe we can unpack that a little bit because it sounds pretty interesting. For sure. Yeah, I, I think it, it starts with discovery, whether the solutions consultant or sales engineer is involved or not. You try and get that from the sales rep and you'll, you, you won't have everything. Not every deal is fully qualified, uh, but what you're going to try and get are the key items that are important to the individuals that are attending. Uh, the presentation. So with us, that could be video hosting, that could be security and permissions, that could be a specific analytics integration. So if those are the three things, I'll build that out as three out of four or five chapters in my demo and break it out with sub points. So two or three sub points within that category. So as I open up that chapter, I'll give a quick summary and say, here's what you can expect. Mm. Here's what I'm going to show you. And here's why it matters. Mm. And then we get into that little piece and then move on to the next one. How do you know when like a demo is, is going well or not well? Like, is there some sort of like framework for that component? Yeah. I mean, when we did some more of the in-person ones, it was obviously easier to read. Um, I think working for a company that really pushes video, um, when people join us, they, they, they kind of force themselves to jump on video. So at least you can read their face, but when they turn video off, it's really difficult. And what I try and do is you know, if they do turn their video off, ask them to try and turn it on if they're comfortable. If not, that's okay. And as we're going through those chapters, as we take a pause in between, as that transition's sort of happening, reiterate what we showed and is that resonating? So specifically, you know, George, I know you mentioned that security is really important to you and your part of the organization. What I showed you here, was that what you were expecting? And see what your reaction is. Sometimes it's not positive and you have to pivot, maybe take that away and offer up a, a sidebar conversation. But if you get the validation, awesome. We can move on to the next topic. How do you sort of uh, turn people around if they're just like, maybe you do that pause and you ask a question, does this resonate or any questions here? And they're like, eh, you know, I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, Tom, like, I think that you know, I want to be respectful. I, I, I get, I've gotten that right. I hate that. Mm -hmm. where like, oh, I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. I, I don't think this is going to work for us. You know, any, A, have you ever received that kind of objection and B, like anything that you've done to sort of turn that around? Yeah, it's, it's a great question and definitely have received that objection and it can be a bit uncomfortable, but I think it comes down to what we know setting up the demo or setting up the technical discovery, right? So George, if you gave me uh, that objection, um, however, before the call, you told me that you really need video hosting and you need a, an integration into HubSpot, for example. So if that's what we've talked about and all of a sudden you're 180ing on me, I'm gonna ask you what's changed. And if, if you do have something genuinely that, uh, that doesn't add up, then that's fine. We can, we can part ways. If there are other stakeholders in the room that may be driving the conversation, Maybe we open up the question to them and see if they share the same concerns. Because, I mean, as, as, as applicable as video is and, and even Vidyard's technology now, we have a really, really broad ICP. It's not for everyone. So we're not trying to push that sale on someone necessarily that, that doesn't see the value in it. Maybe 
in part due to us and how we articulated it, or maybe a misalignment of expectations. It happens. I think it's just having that conversation, being open with your dialogue, and then if you part ways, you part ways. Well, speaking of stakeholders in the room, does your demo change, like, you know, based on the seniority of the stakeholders that you're presenting to. And the reason why I ask is, you know, I was interviewing a CEO recently on the show and she Mm -hmm. was like, you know what? Like, I just really hate when uh, vendors start to go into this like super deep, you know, feature rich demo. And all I care about is how does this impact my business and, you know, how do I do uh, reporting? Like, that's it. Everything else, like, I don't really, I, it's just like totally turns me off and makes me feel like the, the vendor is essentially incompetent. Uh, so, like, do you have, like, specific types of demos? Like, oh, this is a senior leadership demo, those sort of things? I don't know if we've defined it that well. But as you were saying that, that was really hitting home because that definitely happens. I think with with executives, simply put, I, I try and focus on what we've discovered. We want to make the most of their time. Now, if a demo set for a demo call set for 45 minutes to an hour, they may not even give us that. They may turn off their camera after 20 minutes. They may have to exit, and all you get is a Zoom message saying, sorry, I had to hop out. So you exactly. want to make the most of that time at the beginning. So what I try and do as a change is stack executive benefits at the beginning. So the most influential people in the room. What do they want to see? What do we know? Let's validate that. And let's focus on that in case they have to drop off. And that leaves us time at the end for the more operational folks, the marketing automation, marketing operations, sales operations folks to get into more of the nitty gritty, which the executive, if they've checked the boxes, it connects to the tools, it accomplishes what they want, they won't care as much about. So really trying to, for executives, have that high level value proposition show those points and then move into more of the operational stuff afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, speaking of like cameras being turned off, I I was chatting with another sales leader and he's like, you know what, man, if we lose the executive, they'll turn off their camera or you'll Mm -hmm. just see them zoom out and they'll just start to multitask. And it's already tough enough to keep folks dialed in you know remotely right when we were in person you couldn't just like pop out your computer in the middle of a meeting it's like (laughs) i mean i suppose some people would do that and it's like super rude people in my opinion Mm -hmm. right to do that but now like i could be typing right now you have no clue right Right. and so you know being able to like you know really really capture people and uh, attention and, and retain people's attention is is like harder than ever. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so I love that being able to stack executive value, uh, up, you know, up front and then start to go towards sort of the end deeper into like operational features and benefits and stuff Mm -hmm. that, that sounds awesome. You know, if, if you think about the time that you spend, uh, doing the demo, so you have that 45 minutes or let's say 60 minutes, if it's, uh, a large or maybe a larger team. Uh, how much of that time slot do you spend focused on actually demoing features and functionality? And then how much of it is like doing some sort of like more technical discovery? Uh, you know, maybe you have a, an SDR or an AE that's been able to communicate the, you know, some of the qualification or mm-hmm. discovery data or insights to you, but you know, 
maybe they're not that technical and maybe you need to uncover a little more. How much is sort of, or what's the ratio between those two? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question in a Vidyard context specifically, because we see everyone from the largest of enterprises down to kind of ma and pa shops using us. And we tend to be involved more in the mid-market to enterprise. But even say the sales use case, we have a tool that allows for one-to-one -one asynchronous video communication. It's almost self-explanatory. So if someone wants a couple maybe uh, validations on how to use the tool, they wanna know, hey, how does this plug into Outlook? I'm not spending very much time demoing that. It's more of a conversation. So I could sit there and rhyme off features again, but if they just wanna make sure it plugs in properly, what does IT need? I'm not gonna spend a lot of time demoing that. It'll be more of the technical validation. It'll be more of a conversation. However, if it's a larger organization and the audience maybe has some IT folks, um, we'll again, try and get the executives their value. We'll do an overview of the platform or the, the relevant components. And then from there, we'll try and weave in some of the technical validation. So if I'm using the, the tell, tell show tell method from demo to win, and I'm taking that break uh, to recap before going into the next topic, I may float that out also and, and get the validation, but also ask a technical question there. Or I like to, when we're tag teaming these deals, obviously with an account executive, maybe have them do some of the validation in between kind of those pauses. So we'll set that out in the preparation. Hey, I'd like you to ask this at this point in the demo, here's where I'm gonna slide in with some technical questions. So long way of saying it really does depend on the audience mm. and it does depend on what we're positioning from a Vidyard perspective. Well, speaking of like, you know, the, the relationship or working with AEs, you don't want to be pulled into just any deal, right? <laughs> and uh, certainly not too early when, you know, when we haven't qualified them or maybe they're not ready for that discussion. So I've heard this idea of like being solution qualified. Like, do mm -hmm. you folks have anything like that? Just in the same way that SDRs wouldn't hand off something if it didn't meet certain criteria, do AEs have certain criteria to adhere to before they bring you in? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. What we use is we have a little form that's pretty brief. Essentially, it's just baseline context on who are we talking to, why have they raised their hand, and what do they want as an outcome from this conversation and involving us? If we can't answer those questions, maybe it's best that our team gets involved asynchronously. That's where we try to drink the Kool-Aid, record an asynchronous video, still create a pleasant experience until we get a little bit more information. Um, it's, it's a really, really difficult one to draw the line to say, hey, here's where I will get involved versus where I won't. So I try and exercise flexibility there. Um, but I think at minimum, we're looking for why did they raise their hand and what is the outcome or what are the outcomes they're trying to get out of this conversation? And that's sort of the qualifier. And from there, that determines how much time I will spend prepping for the conversation. So how complicated is the use case versus how simple and who's involved in the room. And um, that'll kind of determine also how much of the mocking up I will do within Vidyard because there is one other component and that'll be kind of the deal size that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Um, tough to predict that early in the conversation, but it's a bit of a gut feel from the account executive. So you really kind of leverage that relationship as well. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of like sort of uh, screenshots or, mock-ups and things like that, you know, you support mid-market and enterprise organizations and, you know, mm -hmm. how do you sort of determine how deep you go into something? Cause 
you know, based on my conversations with a bunch of uh, sales engineers and or solutions consultants, there's a lot of sort of different titles now um, for for the stakeholder, pre, you know, pre-sales professional, I suppose. And, yeah. um, you know, like one thing that I've heard consistently is, you know, well, it really depends. Sometimes we'll do something that's much more comprehensive, a POC. Sometimes we'll just do so, sort of more of a, a harbor tour that that hits mm-hmm. a couple points how do you sort of determine that because you know tom you're an incredible human being but uh you know you don't have a lot of time right like you know you're probably pretty bandwidth constraint it's, you know it's and we know se's are, uh tend to have uh that that situation where they're supporting quite a few aes so how do you sort mm-hmm. of determine how deep to go in yeah, I think that's that's kind of the debate in the the solutions consulting or pre-sales space right now, right? Is how much effort do you put in before that conversation? So what I've tried to do is typically our first demo is a little bit on the, the lighter end. Even if we have some context, we're not going into the weeds. We're finding that IT gets involved a little bit later. So maybe a second demo or a third, especially with a larger organization. So that's the one where we'll really go into the granular level Maybe marketing operations or sales operations will be on that call as well. But initially, it's kind of the execs checking a box saying, hey, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Let's continue this conversation. So that combined with deal size, the segment of the account executive I'm supporting. So obviously, the, the largest of enterprises, we're going to do more preparation. So all of these things kind of balanced together and admittedly a little bit of a gut feel. <laughs> Well, that's the thing we can start, sort of like put processes around things and set up frameworks, but gut feels and experience, uh, you know, can't, can't really be replicated. So mm-hmm. totally with you. You, know, you, you took, a, I, I see like a Sandler sales training course, mm-hmm. any, anything that, you know, sort of like you still use uh, from that training right now? Yeah, I think it's more that I encourage the sales rep to use it. But I think one thing that really stands out with Sandler would be the upfront contract, which goes back to kind of where we started the conversation, right? The qualification, here's what we understand, here's what we're going to show. So I think that ties in nicely to some of the demo to win frameworks as well. Um, Pains versus gains, I think that's another qualifier as well. If we're going in to a conversation where, you know, someone wants to learn about video, they want to know more, they're in our ICP, they're the right people. That's great. We're going to have that conversation. Um, but I think also considering that no one wants to be sold to, I think that's, that's from Sandler as well, if I'm not mistaken. So not just being the guy that's pushing along to the next step, like let's get that security review. Let's get that NDA in place. Let's get a genuine understanding of why you're talking to us. You've leaned in for a reason. I mean, Marketers evaluate technology all the time, but their time is finite as well. Same with sales and IT. So there's a reason you took this call. Let's understand that. Let's build off of that. And I think I've, I've taken that away from, from Sandler, probably from a couple other places as well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a mentor of mine, maybe he, he took this from Sandler, used to say, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold to. So, uh, so yeah, which which definitely makes sense. Right. And in terms of like, you know, being transparent or honest, like, I think it's, it's totally fine to be able to say, you know, Betty, I, I'm, I'm not sure you, you folks are ready for this right now. 
you know, based mm-hmm. on this conversation, I know you sort of like raised your hand and wanted to take the call, but you know, you sure you're ready right now based on these variables, I'm happy to circle back in, you know, 30 days. And I think that sort of approach, like being able to add that in, in whatever format, like I, I call it negative selling, you know, just sort of saying like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure you're ready or maybe another time or whatnot. It kind of like reels, people in uh, a bit is what I found. So um, I, like I think that's that. great. That's, yeah. that's an awesome trust building exercise as well, right? Like, I think that's the the apprehension in a deal cycle where there's always a fear of trusting the sales rep, at least initially when we're doing the back and forth. So a uh, bit of a cliche term, but the solutions consultant is brought in or the sales engineer is brought in as a trusted advisor, right? So you're, you're still consulting, you're trying to do uh, solution sales. So I think by saying, hey, maybe we should loop back in a quarter or two quarters when you get this in order. I think that builds trust and speaks really well of, of your solution as well. So I firmly believe that they'll come back around when the time is ready. Awesome. Yep, totally. It, absolutely. I've been able to build great relationships with customers or clients uh, do, doing those types of things. So Mm-hmm. I, I definitely am with it. You know, if you were to think about a one actionable sort of uh, piece of advice that you would give solutions engineering or solution consulting uh, folks out there uh, around improving the demo, uh, what would that tip be? Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I think it's tough to narrow down, but if we were to maybe encompass this under one umbrella, It'll just be resourcefulness. And what I mean by that is being resourceful in your discovery. So if it means, you know, from my perspective, what I like to do, if it's an enterprise deal, maybe send a quick blurb of my understanding in a video and say, hey, here's what I understand of the deal. Wanted to introduce myself. I'll be the one presenting in the next conversation, sending that over. And then also, if you don't have an answer later in the deal, being resourceful enough to one, realize you don't have the answer, not make something up, but go ask or go roll up your sleeves and test the technology. The nice thing is about this role is you have some flexibility where you can build in time to play with the product a little bit, play with the integrations and try and connect different things or even break them a little bit. So just think think about being as resourceful as you can at each step because you're not always gonna have the answer. So take accountability yourself, try and figure it out, try and be proactive with your communication, over communicate, and uh, yeah, take it away if you don't know the answer. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about video. Yeah, gotta give you a shout out here. What should <laughs> sales and marketing folks be focused on around video in 2021? Again, I, I hear personalized video all the time. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a big fan, obviously. But what would you say uh, folks should be focused on this year? Yeah, I, I think we've seen tailwinds through the distributed work as well. So I think college video has been there, you know, since we've known each other, that's been an important part uh, of the marketing stack. But I think it's the year of, of one-to-one video. I think it's, it's the year of, you know, I've got polished assets. Those are awesome, but they take time, effort, money to create. So distributing those, of course, but also using asynchronous video, whether it's, you know, validating whether your demo concepts are correctly interpreted, whether it's syncing with your account executive, that's probably one of my favorite things to do is instead of taking 15 minutes to half an hour, send a 30 second to one minute video. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about this demo prep? So 
Video can be used anywhere to communicate, like, you know, the reset my password, how do I do that? Articulating that in a quick video versus an article can be a more effective way to communicate. So I really think we're gonna see an uptick as people get over the fear of being on Zoom and being on other cameras, they're gonna get more comfortable with that user-generated content. So I think we're gonna see that complement the polished and, and kind of pre-recorded content. Yeah, and it seems like more folks are doing stuff like podcasts and stuff. I mean, like my LinkedIn feed is completely <laughs> taken over by folks Definitely. doing these sort of things. So uh, on one side, it's like, oh, you know, does it make it harder to like break through the, the noise? On the other side, mm -hmm. I think it's great, right? I think it's uh, absolutely what we envisioned and what we want people to do. Tom, thank you so much for your time. If folks want to like learn more about your content and the insights that you share, or perhaps, you know, opportunities at Vidyard to either use the tool or mm -hmm. maybe career opportunities. What are some uh, good URLs or social handles to, uh, to reach you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, feel free to reach out to myself directly, Tom Rosdeba on LinkedIn, or check out vidyard.com. We're hiring up a storm right now. Can't fill roles fast enough. So check out our career section. And then we also do have that free tool, uh, the asynchronous communication tool. So check that out. If you have any questions, by all means, send me a note. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would say that you folks are probably one of the first who offered that tool. I remember it was broken off as a separate kind of like exactly. product led offering. And now it seems to be integrated into the core, uh, in the core platform. So that's, that's exactly uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bet we made to bring it together because we do see kind of the polished assets and then also the user generated content kind of coming together now. Absolutely. Well, kudos to you, Tom. Wonderful to see you. I hope to come out there to, to Europe and, you know, particularly Poland and Warsaw and uh, have a beer with you and have some good uh, Polish cuisine and maybe <laughs> hang out around town. I hear incredible things. And so hopefully you'll receive me and we can hang out when yeah, I Yeah, looking I get forward to it. It's on my, uh, it's on my list of uh, places to go. So awesome. Thanks so much, cool. George. Tom, have a great morning. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye.